Dawn Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hockey fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala here, your host of Locked on Kraken. I'm so excited to have you along this journey, and thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day. On today's episode of Locked on Kraken, we are going to squadcast with Ann Kimmel. Ann is one of the co-hosts of Locked on Predators for the Locked on NHL Network, but Ann is also a massive sled hockey fan. She's going to join us in a three-part series to get us ready for the Beijing Paralympics and everything we know we need to know about the sled hockey tournament and of course Team USA. So without further ado, let's head over to my conversation with co-host of Locked on Predators, Ann Kimmel. Seattle hockey fans, I am here with Ann Kimmel. You've heard me speak with Ann about the Kraken and Predators, about hockey culture, specifically toxic hockey culture. And you heard a special episode where we heard Anne's interview with some players representing the United States in sled hockey. But now you get to hear from Anne herself. Anne Kimmel from Locked on Preds. How are you doing? I am so insanely excited to be back and chatting with you, Erica. (laughs) Always a pleasure. I think you're fantastic. Love your energy. I mean, you're just crushing it. Right I'm back on at ice, you. crushing it. <laughs> right back at you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I love that. I love that. Um, but Anne, today you are going to give all of us here at Locked on Crack Kraken, excuse me, a bit of a primer when it comes to sled hockey. Of yes. course, when we have another Winter Olympics, we also have another Winter Paralympic cycle. And you have been doing some amazing work for the Locked On Podcast Network to bring some recognition to not only the sled hockey team, but even some sled hockey players that are local to you in the Nashville area. So we're going to get into all of that. But as you are a proper guest of Locked On Kraken, even though we can also kind of call this a squad cast. But For real. Yes, always a squad cast, always a squad cast, but you also are a guest. And so with that, Anne, you get to answer the question that I ask all Locked On Kraken guests. And that is, of course, my brown sugar question. And in this case, it will be, when did you fall in love with sled hockey? Oh my goodness. Okay. This is a fantastic question. This is a fantastic question. And the answer might be a little bit long and involved, but I'm going to try to to give it to you straight. So I am relatively new to hockey in general. I've only been a hockey fan for about seven, eight years, never seen a game, never on TV, never nothing. So I fell in love after my first game with hockey um, and didn't know a lot about sled hockey. And then I think you know, and we've talked before about this amazing marketing uh, that the NHL has done with the campaign that, that hockey is for everyone. And I will tell you that in my family, we have um, several family members who are members of the disability community, physical disability, developmental disability. And so in my experience through that, there is a part of me that hears hockey is for everyone. And I know enough that I instantly go, is it? Is it? (laughs) 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, I do. I do and unfortunately, yeah, you know, and I think it's a very, you know, easy slogan to say when it's always been for someone. But I know that oftentimes things that are considered for everyone still are somewhat exclusionary. You know, my experience is from, um, you know, parenting a child with disabilities and having relatives that have disabilities and, and seeing what does that really mean something is for everyone. And so I thought challenge accepted. I'm going to go and find out what you're telling me this sport is for everyone. Is it really? And so I started researching adaptive hockey and what does that mean? And, and I found blind hockey, which is actually super amazing as well. Um, and then I was talking with my sister and my nephew uh, was born with bilateral club feet and he's had lots of surgeries and she has wanted to get him involved in some adaptive sports. And one of the things she looked at was sled hockey. And she said to me, Be stop researching and go look at sled hockey. You've got to look at sled hockey. And I thought, sled hockey. Okay. This sounds kind of, you know, Okay. And so I did what all well-educated researchers do. I went to YouTube and I typed in sled hockey and up came the United States, Canada, uh, Paralympic gold medal match in 2018 in Pyeongchang, which I thought, well, I'll just see, clicked on that. And I'm telling you two years or two hours just changed the trajectory of my sports passion. <laughs> And I instantly, I mean, the minute I saw this, I was hooked on this sport because the perception doesn't necessarily match uh, what you see. And I thought, oh my gosh, this, this is incredible. And I fell in love with sled hockey, found that there is a community, a sled hockey community here in Nashville, as there are in several other cities. And so I started looking, okay, who's talking about it? Where can I learn more about these players? Where can I learn more? And it was hard to find things. And so I went to the editor at onthefourcheck.com and I said, hey, I'm really interested in the sled hockey, but I'm having trouble finding information. And she said, well, write it. I thought, yeah. And so I that started, you know, this passion for research and history and the players and the international competition. And it has just become this sports passion of mine. I... I love sled hockey and it is such a joy to get to come and talk about it and hopefully introduce some more people to the sport because it really is incredible. If you love sports, you will love this one. I love that so much. Thank you, Anne, for sharing that, <laughs> for entertaining our brown sugar question here at Locked on Kraken. And to your point, you know, part of the reason that we ask that question is because, you know, we have different people that come through Locked on Kraken, but our very first interview that was ever recorded for Locked on Kraken was the one and only Chanel Keenan from the Seattle She's Kraken. so amazing. Amazing, doing Love great her. work to truly make hockey for everyone. Um, and Chanel is someone who is able to do that for you know, the Seattle Kraken, mm -hmm. um, but also through sharing her journey um, and talking about not just the adaptive sport, which is what I'd love for you to, to talk to us about here on Locked on Kraken, but also what it's like on the other side of the glass, what things 
should a hockey loving community embrace thinking about people who um, are of all abilities? Um, what, what are some of the things that we should embrace at hockey arenas to make sure that hockey fandom is forever? Yes. I love that. And, and you know what, that it seems odd that we're still just starting to do that work, but let's get to it. Like, yeah. let's get to it. Yes, indeed, indeed. So Chanel has been able to do that from the fan or, you know, um, you know, just the audience and entertainment experience, but you are going to help walk us through what adaptive sports looks like within the realm of hockey. Because you, you mentioned sled hockey is not the only way that the sport of hockey has been adapted, although that's what we're right. going to focus on. Right. But let's, let's start with the basics. Let's let, and we'll focus on sled hockey. Um, but when we think of traditional hockey, we know we have a goaltender, we have defenders, we have forwards, we drop the puck in the center of the ice, you know, people are skating. Um, there's a hockey stick, one stick per player, you know? So what are the things, what has been adapted for sled hockey. Let's start with the basics. So sled hockey is actually so much like stand-up traditional hockey. Um, very uh, Rules very much the same. There are a couple things that have been adapted. So obviously you don't have to be Scooby-Doo to riddle out the fact that they play in a sled, thus the name sled hockey. Sometimes you'll hear it called sledge hockey. Canada sometimes calls it sledge hockey, bless them. Um, and there's a movement to kind of rebrand the sport across, you know, internationally as para ice hockey. So you'll hear it called any of those three things, but players play in a sled. The sled is balanced on two skate blades. Um, very, you, you can tweak the width of the skate blades just a titch, um, but two skate blades. The rest of the sled is kind of open. So there's some open space under it when you can pass the puck under the sled, which is unique. Also unique is that players play with two sticks, not one. So that's a big difference. And the sticks are shorter and on the ends of the stick, they have ice picks, which makes for some very interesting um, board brawls. <laughs> and it's it's a whole thing. Um, and they the players use the ice picks to propel themselves across the ice. And then when they want to play the puck, they quickly flip the sticks and then they use their sticks to play the puck, just as you would see somebody in traditional stand-up hockey. So for the most part, it's very similar. The sleds are different. The sticks are different. You have goalies, you have defensemen, you have forwards. Um, rinks are adapted uh, for international competition. And this is something we can kind of get into later, but um, for an international competition rink, you will have two benches the same way, but the fronts of the benches instead of boards are plexiglass. So the players can see there are two doors. You have an in and an out because you do not want two sleds going the opposite way in a door. Like nobody wants that. Um, and the penalty box is the same way plexiglass and the floor of the box and the benches are like, um, they call it like a plastic ice so they can just skate in and skate out. So that's a little bit different how the rink is adapted as well. But for the most part, you're looking at a sport that's very similar to stand-up hockey. Yeah. And so, you know, another question, of course, is, 
with the the rules and regulations mm-hmm. because we see that uh, the sport of hockey has been adapted because how dare women cross check and body check? But uh, you know, yeah, that's a whole. Com- we should have that conversation. We should sometime. have we should totally have that conversation. <laughs> but you know, I'm being snarky as I am sometimes want to do because I do wonder. We've seen that gender allegedly, apparently. Mm-hmm plays a big role in how the rules are enforced. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you would see hockey players on the women's side, especially, of course, because they have the experience, um, argue that enforcement of physicality is very different in their game and even yes. varies country to country. Um, but I just wonder what that is like with a sport that already has been, you know, pinned as something that's been adapted from mm-hmm. what we would consider traditional massive air quotes for anyone just listening yes. on audio, but um, traditional hockey. So what does that look like? I mean, are there things that outside of what you just mentioned, which makes sense as far as being able to move on, uh, you know, within the bench area and in and out of the penalty box, are there other things that maybe are a little bit more, um, controversial in how the game is called or some of the rules and regulations that come with sled hockey? So most of the rules are actually very similar. And if you, if your perception of hearing, oh, it's an adaptive sport is that, oh, well, it's probably kinder, gentler, softer, less physical. You just need to YouTube a game because this is the best way I've ever heard somebody describe sled hockey and pardon my language is that it is badass. And I've yet to find a better description of this sport because it is extremely fast, it is extremely physical. There are many of the same penalties. You have interference, you have slashing, you have, you know, too many men on the ice, all of these penalties. There is one penalty that is unique to sled hockey that you don't see in stand up hockey, and that's a penalty called teeing. And because um, the front of the sleds, you know, obviously they sit face forward and the sleds kind of the front of the sleds comes forward. You cannot T-bone somebody with your sled because that can be a whole thing. Um, But they do hit each other every other way that's legal. And they try to squeak in a few of those teeing shots as well, quite, you know, quite honestly, you, it is not unusual to see a teeing call when you're watching a sled hockey game, because they are going 20 miles an hour on the ice and they are going to hit each other. And it's, it's a very physical, fast game. Wow. I mean, that's really fascinating because again, just, I I come from the women's hockey space and now uh, covering the MNHL, as I like to say. And I love that you and I share this, this MNHL experience, but you also have sled hockey experience. So it's always, I think it's cool to kind of just compare and contrast notes every once in a while, because my default is not men's hockey. At all. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just curious, like even comparing what I would consider um, 
traditional women's hockey to sled hockey, I think is really interesting. And of course, you know, I'm going to ask what the women's side of the game looks like and what gender equity and equality looks like. But we are actually and going to be doing this in parts because we have some time. We're going to do an on-ramp to the Olympics and Paralympics that's taking place in Beijing, China. And I'm so thankful, Anne, that you've agreed to come back several times. Yes. Uh, although for viewers on YouTube, you might notice that we're wearing the same thing, but mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We only have work outfits. One work outfit. One work outfit. That's all we've allotted. <laughs> that's right. It's our uniform. But coming up next, and let's get into what we can expect from the Beijing 2022 Paralympics as it relates to sled hockey. Got beard? Get primal. You heard me right. Got beard? Get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs primal. Maybe you're that person who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from any harmful synthetic ingredients and have a low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in, the, in beard products available. All products are fair trade, certified, and handcrafted right here in the U.S. of A. The comb kits make a great holiday gift or just something nice to treat yourself. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to other products you've used. We promise you'll see and feel the difference. Remember to use promo code Locked On to get twenty percent off at Primal to get twenty percent off at Primal Origin Oils. Use code locked on at checkout for 20% off at Primal Origin Oils. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. That, of course, is Built Bar, and it's filled with so much holiday goodness. It's rich with decadent flavor. It's high in protein, low in carbs, low in calories, low in sugar. What's not to love? And Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors for the holidays or just to get through um, the holidays without getting hangry. No one wants to be hangry for the holidays. So what we want you to do is go over to built.com, check out some of the OG flavors like double chocolate or uh, raspberry, the cherry barcia, check all of those out. And you always want to make sure you check out the specialty flavors. Still kicking myself. I didn't get that cookie dough chunk order in before those disappeared. Hopefully they'll come back. But if you go to build.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your next order over at, of course, built.com. Make sure you stock up on your built bars for the holidays, for the new year, and beyond. As I always say, happy snacking. All right, and so you've given us how you fell in love with sled hockey. You've given us a little bit of a primer just of what 
is sled hockey exactly, including where some of the other rules and regulations and modifications come into the game. Um, you left off with, with teeing and some of the physicality of the game. Um, before we get into Beijing, though, let's talk about the equipment. So we've talked about the sled. Mm -hmm. We've talked that there's, instead of one hockey stick, there's two sticks. But what are some of the other differentiations that make this adaptive hockey uh, in sled hockey just kind of function and, and move? And what are some of the moving parts? And what can we expect? Like, you know, are, are there any specialty, like, you know, like souped up sleds out there? Like, what are some of the... <laughs> What are some of the ways that the hockey players find, you know, a little bit of their swag on the ice? <laughs> yeah, they, and they have plenty of swag. This this is not something that they that they lack, especially Team USA, and we'll talk about them in a minute. But um, the sleds are usually made of like a plexiglass. And I wanted to give a shout out. Jack Wallace is a player on Team USA, and he had a fantastic TikTok, and he also posted it on his Instagram. Y'all need to follow Jack Wallace, and it shows the process of them making their sleds. So when you're on the national team, you get a custom sled. So it is fit just to you because so many of these players have very different, um, some of them are double amputees, some are single amputees, some were born with no legs. So it's, you have just such a wide variety that just a general sled is not something that works best, especially at this high level of play. Um, goaltenders, it's an interesting thing about the goaltenders. Goaltenders can sit, you know, feet forward, sled forward, like all the other players, or they have an option to sit cross-legged in a sled that's more um, horizontal. And, you know, padding wise, it's the same. Their uh, goalie's glove hand can have some ice picks in it to help them kind of move. The goal is the same size. You're still looking at, at an NHL size goal. So they've got to cover that ground in their sled um, and they have the same padding. But and, and the players do find ways to get the most bang for their buck. You know, like I said, you can do a little bit of adjusting on things like the width of the skate blades. There's a little tiny bit of leeway there. Um, and the makeup of your sled, the weight of your sled, the length and all of that kind of thing. There's definitely guidelines, but they um, and they have a phenomenal equipment manager that works with Team USA who knows all of the little tweaks and who likes their sticks, you know, this way and who. So. So they, they've got their little um, specific personal sled and preferences on things that help with things like speed, physicality, teeing, which they're not supposed to do, but here we are. <laughs> Right. Yeah. There's a lot of things we're not supposed to do, but let's supposed just plan to. for it in, in just in case. Just in case. <laughs> just in case. Um, I do want to ask this question. It's not mm -hmm. something that I think of very much when I'm covering women's hockey, unless we're thinking cage versus bubble. But of course, yeah. in the MNHL, it's a big deal whether we go bubble or uh, visor or no yes. visor, because there are some players that have essentially been grandfathered in where they do not have to have that um, 
uh, kind of regulation, NHL now regulation, where they have to have a face visor. So right. are there things like that? Like, is there an old school hang on to, I'm going to get my teeth knocked out if I have to? <laughs> uh, what would be that kind of conversation in sled hockey where maybe there's a little bit of controversy um, as the sport continues to grow and ultimately technology makes basically yes. every sport much faster as the technology gets lighter. Yeah, for sure. And I think they're seeing that in the composition of the sled material. You're seeing things like that, the composition of the sticks, you know, they're always looking to advance that. As far as helmets go, these guys, and it's very interesting you say this, and I hadn't ever thought of this, but I don't think I have seen a sled hockey player without teeth, which is interesting because they don't wear a cage or a bubble, they usually wear a visor. Some wear a visor. Um, practice, they, they just wear a helmet, which thank goodness for that, you know, because, you know, head injuries are a whole thing for me. But um, it's so fascinating you say that. And I don't know that I can think of one of them that is missing teeth. <laughs> <laughs> or they just have a really good dentist. <laughs> that could be it. They could have a hookup that I'm just not aware of yet, but I will find out. I'm All right. Gonna... <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have to circle back to that. But yeah. Anne, like we said, this is going to be, this series is going to be an introduction to the Paralympic Games, which will come right off the heels of the men's hockey tournament. Although at this given time, at the time we're recording, the National Hockey League will not be participating in the Olympics. I've talked a lot about that as to why on Locked on Kraken. I know over on the yeah. Predators show you have as well. So yes. if you haven't already, Make sure you listen to Locked on Preds and, of course, Locked on Kraken all the time. Every day we've got you covered for your favorite MNHL team. But coming up next, and you and I are going to get our respective podcasts ready for the sled hockey tournament. We're going to talk about who is going up against Team USA. Obviously, we are both here in the United States, so we're definitely riding that bias, but we're going to talk about <laughs> some of the other teams that are also getting ready to compete in Beijing in the Winter Olympics or Winter Paralympics, excuse me, 2022. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, more odds, and lines than ever before. Now we know they have an upgraded website and interface, but that still keeps them as the number one spot for sports action this season. So head to the website. That's of course betonline.ag. You can use your mobile device, you can use a laptop, desktop, whatever you got. And if you sign up, you'll get a 50-50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. From basketball to football to, of course, the NHL and even your favorite Las Vegas casino games, don't miss out on all the specials available over at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of the offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, Anne, we've talked about a lot of things here, and now it's time to get to the goods. What's the yep. field looking like for sled hockey 2022 in Beijing, China? 
So there are eight teams that are competing in Beijing, China. Five of them earned qualification from the world championships that were held in June in the Czech Republic. One is China, home country, always in, way to go. Um, and then two um, earned their bids through a qualification tournament at the end of November that was held in Berlin, and that was Italy and Slovakia. So the other teams we have, we have obviously Team USA and Team Canada, uh, we have the Russian Paralympic Committee team that will be there. We have South Korea, the Czech Republic. And again, like I said, we have the home country of China. So it's going to be a very interesting field. There's kind of, even with just eight teams, there's definitely um, a few that are going to be in medal contention and some that may, probably aren't going to contend for a medal but are working for some future goals like for instance Italy is a team that probably is not going to be in medal contention but Italy is hosting the 2026 uh, Paralympic Games in Milan Cortina and so they're really looking to improve their game and get more experience in this Olympics for when they're hosting it. So even some of the teams that may not contend for a gold are teams worth watching. One of them that I want to give a huge shout out to is the team Slovakia, which is not, you know, necessarily the team that's going to compete for gold by any means. But this is a team that has built their program recently from the ground up. And their goal was to find a way to get a bid to the Paralympics. And they worked hard. They made their way into the A pool, which is the top tier championships at Worlds. They could, didn't get a bid there. So they went to the qualification tournament and have worked so hard. They have a phenomenal social media page that shows behind the scenes of their training and their program. Just it's a program with a ton of enthusiasm, a ton of joy. So, you know, even the teams that may not be your top contenders are well worth watching in Beijing for sure. I love that. Yeah, I think it's interesting to see that it's an eight-team uh, pool. The women's tournament uh, just expanded to 10. This at Beijing will be the first time the women's tournament is expanded to 10 teams. And it's very similar on the women's side of things as mm -hmm. to there's definitely that top tier. Right. And then you have uh, other teams that in the lower tiers are becoming much more competitive. Um, but then, you know, once they start competing against United States, Canada, right. Finland for a long time, the last few cycles has really been at that third spot. Uh, then, but then we saw Switzerland on the women's tournament. They really dropped out of and were regulated to the, the second group coming out of a world championship. And so that's given opportunities for the Czech Republic as an example of a yes. team to make their first Olympics. And as you mentioned, uh, China is hosting. So the women's tournament, they will host. But the women's uh, Chinese women's national team has a really unique story that we are definitely going to talk about on Locked on Kraken because they've invested in women's hockey and has actually benefited some of the top players from the United States, from Canada, and even Finland and elsewhere because of that investment in women's hockey. But Anne, we are so thankful that you were able to join us on Locked on Kraken to talk a little bit about the Paralympics 
But we definitely want to get more into the Paralympics. Who to expect? Who's representing the United States? How they did? I know you talked about that a little bit on Locked On Preds, and we played some of that on Locked On Kraken about a week ago. But let's get into it a little bit more, including as we talked about as you started this episode with hockey being for everyone, but often that means we have to put in a lot of work to break down stereotypes and misconceptions that come along with something such as an amended version of what many people consider their favorite hockey game. And for some people, amending it to include women is is a big stretch. And so we've got a lot of work to do. Step too far. (laughs) We've got a lot of work to do. We're also going to talk about what that looks like on the sled hockey side because sled hockey is different in what we see in what we would consider traditional hockey Mm -hmm. in how it differentiates, if at all, when it comes to gender. So we're excited to have you as a part of this series. Thank you, Anne, for bringing this to the hockey-loving community and making us and holding us to task when when we say hockey is for everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again. It's just a delight to introduce people to this sport and to just sort of press in on some of those spots that maybe we could, we could see some major growth in if we just kind of push into it a little bit. So thank you so much. I am delighted to be here. That will do it for part one of my interview with Ann Kimmel. Part two is coming up and you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to get into who we think will make the USA hockey roster for the sled hockey team. Some things that the sled hockey team has had to um, adjust to, like we all have in these times of COVID, and even um, some ways that you can get involved in the game. Until the next episode, which will air next week. Um, And if we don't catch you next week, we'll catch you in the new year. 